everyone this song. Yo, oh my god, memory lane. <laughs> Why did I want to be this exact same? Yo, that dress? This was my Jay-Z. I wanted to be the girl in the elevator. The dress in the elevator, though. Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, my video me too. Stage. Definitely. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, okay, okay. Episode one. Episode Here we are. Episode one, finally. Behind the stage podcast. Unbelievable. I'm Sharona. Sharona Osborne. Young Roni Roan. And I'm Janielle. <laughs> So, Sharona, what is behind the stage? We kind of use the the term stage uh, as a double entendre for something that both of us do in terms of our careers, right? Yes, exactly. Um, um, more or less because um, I'm an off-figure stylist and Sharona is on the stage mm-hmm. and we're both displaying our talents and um, we do it pretty much every day and um like we said before this podcast was something that we've constantly been going back and forth back and forth in terms of what we wanted to do whether it be youtube then back to podcasting then back to youtube but you know what you guys always see us on road or on instagram yes toronto yes i am so toronto on road on road (laughs) so toronto but um yeah we just wanted to really shed some light on our industries and also some hardcore topics as well yeah yeah so yeah i think for for both of us i know you janelle you're a lot more um candid with your audience on your instagram platform you know you'll let them in and do your kind of like IG testimonials and walk people through. And um, I'm not, I don't do that, you know, but I've always kind of wanted to bring people in more, you know, on this particular journey, us being creatives, us being um, artists, producers. And so that's kind of how this was birthed as well, right? Just... The, so that's where the behind the stage aspect comes into this, right? We're bringing you guys kind of just along for the journey. We are two uh, millennial women in mm-hmm. Toronto and we are creative producers in our own rights and we are just making it happen. So it was really important for us to kind of show the highs and lows, right? Mm-hmm. We always see like, the highlight reel on Instagram, yes. the edited version. Um, so I like this. I like this vibe of being able to be like, hey, like, yeah, I went on 10 auditions and didn't book anything. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, how do I say that in a photo in, on Instagram? So it's so true. And not to mention, many people, I'm sure you, Sharona, like you get very different like, messages, DMs all the time in terms of people asking you how you got into the industry what made you um, decide to go into this path and the number one thing people always ask me on road is how are you guys still friends yes and that's actually what this episode will be about yes it's i i like every day somebody is just like oh my gosh i see you in sharona you guys don't necessarily work together anymore what happened and how are you guys still friends? I'm like, 
okay right. just because we don't work together doesn't mean that we still don't care about each other it's right. just we're going in separate um separate roads and it's totally fine like people do that all the time just because we're not working together doesn't mean there was beef right it just happened and yeah so just to give a little backstory um we had a styling company together. So Janielle and I met in college. Yes. We met at... Seneca. We met at Seneca and then both transitioned to George, George Brown. Brown. Yes. So when I was in Seneca, I was like party animal. <laughs> Me and my homegirls were going out mm-hmm. probably five days a week. Mm-hmm. My homegirls had a house, Mm -hmm. like, probably 10 minutes from school, Mm -hmm. which means my ass was never at school. (laughs) So, with that being said, you know, Seneca didn't work out that well. Absolutely not. (laughs) But I remember, like, getting a job in the fashion uh, office. I didn't even know you had a job in the fashion office. Yeah, that's why I was there because <laughs> you came in one day. Because I had a job at student services. Right. Yeah. I remember you coming in one day mm-hmm. and you were like, I like your style. You're cute. We need to be friends. I'm like, so damn, I- she just chopped me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I have that game. You, know, have you game. do, you do. You snatched me. Um, yes. Yeah, and then we kind of just, we, we like did our first photo shoot together. Yes, the Ruckus photo shoot. Yes, shout out shout to, out to Ruckus. Ruckus girls. Um, mm-hmm. All of them girls, man. Latoya Webley. Ponytail Stacy, yes, Diana. All of them. Natasha Smith. So many. Yes. Um... Yeah, and then so we did that. We yeah. had no resources, we had no money, no anything, but we were just like, oh, we need to style 10 dancers? Sure, yeah. we can do it. Yeah. And then it kind of just spawned into a business, yes. right? So we were called It's Been Done Stylists. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's how people knew us in the city yeah. at that time. Going to tribute party, shout out to T-Rex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tribute, um, oh gosh, Wayne Warner, Wayne Warner parties, the list goes on, and just like really just making a staple of our outfits. By that time, I don't think Instagram was definitely not around. There was no Instagram, there was like MySpace and Facebook, yeah, yeah, but we weren't really post those things, weren't for like posting fashion photos like that, yeah. So you really had to be on road exactly. like for people to yeah. see you yeah yeah no, it's and true. i you know so seneca didn't work out for the both of us absolutely and, not and then we both ended up getting into um george brown yes so for me like i think i was taking fashion merchandising at seneca mm-hmm. but then i realized that that's not really the avenue that i wanted to go into mm-hmm. um so i started taking fashion business did you, what did you take did you take fashion business too at george brown i took fashion management ah, at george brown because okay, i wanted okay, to okay. learn more of the business side yeah of it and so on and um, yeah 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 i yeah, yeah and that was the th- same thing for me our, i guess our programs were just a little bit different yes um because i was more so interested in like the logistics and learning about transport and stuff like that Mm. when it came to fashion and so we went to George Brown together we continued and then every time we had a break on school we were in Atlanta New York 
let's not even go there about those yeah, Atlanta New York was, trips. That, that was, was a whole different Those thing. New York trips. That I will never forget that all white party that we all went to. Oh, yeah. Um, where I was drunk out of my mind. Oh, God, me too. And I think that was your birthday. Where, yeah, I definitely think that was your birthday. Where it was us and the Scotians yeah. all went out. And then the next day, we all went to Friday. TGIF Fridays. Yes. And, I and one this- by one, <laughs> w- disappeared, went to the washroom <laughs> to throw up, and come back to the table and act natural. Yeah. Like, And I had this thing with my eye. I will never forget. My eye was just killing me the whole time. I don't know what got in my eye, but I was just complaining about it the whole time. But... Yeah, we we had our fun, but at the same time too, we always had an agenda in terms of how we looked whenever we would go out and get noticed. That was our thing for sure. But yeah, George Brown was awesome. George Brown was an amazing experience. And, yeah, uh, and just you know, at that time, there weren't too many. Um, stylist duos Mm -hmm. i'll say in Mm -hmm. the city there was a few like your few ogs um the bossy girls at that time you know they were doing their thing and stuff like that and so we were like the new kids on the block Mm -hmm. and the fact that we had made connections in new york and atlanta and whatnot it was like a big deal at that time so for years and years and years people just kind of also always associated the both of us with fashion so that's that's that and then yeah like fast forward obviously we were friends and fast forward to now to today and we are taking different routes in terms of um careers Mm -hmm. but we've maintained and yeah every time you hit me up and you're like you know, this person asked if we're still friends. And I'm like, yeah. why are people so mixed up? Like, <laughs> why would we not be friends? Like, what would have happened? But you see, people are conditioned to believe that, okay, just because you guys are not working together anymore, something there has happened. to be some beef. Something happened. Whether it be some man, whether it be you guys just didn't get along, you had different opinions. But, yeah, like, at the end of the day, we just had different avenues. That's that's all it is. Like, God called us to do different things. And in the end, he brought us right back together. Right. So, here we are. So, yeah, for, for anybody listening that ever wanted clarification with that, like, there's never been drama. There's never Absolutely been not. beef. Nope. There's never been no man problem. Absolutely not. <laughs> never that. Um, but yeah, um, so I guess we, I guess we are able to kind of shed light on like how to remain good friends. Like, you know, what are some of the elements, um, that you've learned or discovered that we've learned or discovered to maintaining healthy, long friendships? Cause I mean, let's be real. Like we're in the, the age of, you know, the microwave age, I like to call it. Yes. Everything is instant. Everything is now. Everything is um, 
satisfy me now or get dismissed yes. you know what i mean as far as friendship as far as relationships you know intimate relationships it's kind of like oh you're not satisfying me bye mm-hmm. there's no sense of like let's talk out the problem let's work through the issue people will run to twitter instagram facebook with the long paragraph, with, with the subtweeting, yep. you know, with the IG stories. The subliminal messages. Right. I too have done those in the past, yeah, yeah, I yeah. will admit. Yes. Oh yeah, when I was younger, I, I was having this conversation with one of my homegirls and I was saying like, yo, like it was such a freeing thing for me as an as a, an adult mm-hmm. to, to come into that place where I stopped being, I made a conscious decision to stop being passive aggressive yes because I was very much like that I was very much you know a people pleaser in that Mm -hmm. way I didn't want to start confrontation I was always like my own person always Mm -hmm. walking you know to my own beat but I was very I'm very easygoing too Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like it's easy for me to just go with the flow of whatever the flow is and I remember even just being in relationships when I was younger I would expect like my man to read my mind Mm -hmm. and get upset if he didn't know why my face was push-up I think that's most women yeah (laughs) real talk and that that's like you know it changes hopefully with maturity Mm -hmm. And then I got into other relationships as I got older and I was like, okay, no, I don't like this. I'm talking about it now, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I've just kind of kept that same energy as I've gotten older and like even in my career, my personal life, my friendships. So, um, yeah, that whole passive aggressive thing, I was definitely that person, but now I just don't have the time for it. Yeah. I don't have the time or like emotional energy for it. I feel you. And I feel with me being an Aries and people usually say Aries are very passive and also mm. Aries are also very like, mm, if we're not feeling it, move on. My mm. mom will always say that as soon as Janelle's not happy, all right, move on to the next. It is what it is. Mm. And that's kind of been my pattern mm-hmm. for the longest while. I have a hard time saying sorry, so I don't like mm. conflict. And my mom and my sister had to call me out on it so many times. Instead of saying sorry, I just like to dismiss it and act like it never happened. Mm. But that just wasn't good enough for me. Like, mm-hmm. as I started getting older, I'm just like, <clears throat> I need to be more vocal about what I want and if I'm feeling a certain way, I need to express that. Be yeah. a grown-up and express how you're feeling. It's okay. Like, it is what it is. You get past it. Instead of feeling this and harboring all of these feelings, and then you're just harboring, 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 and then all of a sudden, you end up disliking the person. I think that's one of the reasons why so many people um, end up having failed relationships whether it be female male whatever it may be that's one of the reasons why it's just people are just not open and people just don't talk yeah about it in just terms of how that's the thing like even with um the influx of social media Mm -hmm. and all of that everyone is so big and larger than life online Mm -hmm. but mousy in person you know like either afraid of not even confrontation but afraid of communication period you know I've been like personally um challenging myself with eye contact Mm -hmm. so because it's 
so easy to talk to a person forever and not look at them once exactly. right and so I kind of check myself I'll be in a conversation and when I feel like I'm straying off I will bring my eyes mm-hmm. back to that person um something that I never paid attention to in the past mm-hmm. but it's something that I particularly just like to put into practice because I'm like, we are real people. We're sitting right here. Let's engage. Let's put the phone down, whatever. Right. Which, um, so yeah, everything that you're saying in terms of, um, being okay with letting your feelings out and blah, blah, blah. I think that's one of the key elements to maintaining a healthy friendship, right? Like if we're just, relationships are a whole different ballgame. There's so many other elements involved, including these ones. But when it comes to friendships, business partnerships, that type of thing, um, communication is really key. Yep, and I mean, at the end of the day, like no relationship or friendship, whatever it may be, is perfect. Like perfect example, like there was it last week and so forth i felt a case of fomo Mm -hmm. like i'm sure everybody feels it i like as you'll go on my instagram you will see that i'm very open about just me overall and so forth and i felt a way about something and we all feel this like the weather is getting nice now and i was in hibernation mode for like what eight nine months and so forth and now that I'm in a good groove with my business and so forth, there's a particular event that's going on next month and so on. And I saw that you were going to it and so forth. And I'm just like, okay, there's a part of me that was just like, okay, why didn't she tell me? Well, maybe she didn't tell me. Okay, what? why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. Do I say something or do I just let it slide? But then I got into my car and I'm just like, no, I still feel away. Mm-hmm. What is this? What is this? And I know that's the devil really trying to attack mm-hmm. what we got going on. Because he sees that we're starting this journey and so forth. And he was just like, all right, let me just come and plant this little mm-hmm. this little bug in her ear and make her feel away. And I was just like, yo, I honestly feel like... Divide I, and conquer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Divide and conquer, as you say. And I started to feel away and I was just like, you know what? I know you're going away and I honestly feel that I should be there. And I have this case of FOMO. Mm -hmm. I I don't know where it's coming from, but I almost feel a little jealous and it sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm just like, why am I feeling like this? And just came out and just told you what's going on and Mm -hmm. you expressed how you were feeling about it and whatever we talked about it and we moved on Mm -hmm. from it. Like Mm -hmm. you just gotta be open. Like we've known each other for how many years? Like it, it's like, you know me inside and out. So it is what yeah. it is. Like, How long have we known each other? Oh my God. Since so, 2004? Since <laughs> 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 that's it. So that's it. 2004. We'll put it that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, 2004. It's a long, long time. But it's Yeah, 15 still, years. Yep, yeah, that's a long time. But we still feel ways. Yeah. We'll still feel ways. And in terms of us having the conversation about that, it's so, it's so, um, you know, everything is like perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And... Because when I talk to you about it and kind of kind of mention my thought process, mm-hmm. right? Like for one, Janelle is 
has always been like in our dynamic you have always been the person who is a lot more social than me Mm -hmm. um you've always I always describe our dynamic as like you being like the connector and me being the muscle Mm -hmm. meaning like you would be the person to schmooze and exchange the contact that's a strength of yours Mm -hmm. me I'm more like the silent killer who yep. just comes in, gets the work done, exactly. and we keep it pushing. And that dynamic has worked wonderfully for us yes. and is a huge part of our friendship still. So with that being said, I am always under the impression, because nine times out of ten, it's you telling me, yep. Guan. It's true. I'm somewhere in my house. I either go to the gym, yep. I'm either in rehearsal, or I'm on set for 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my regular life, right? You're always like, yo, this thing's happening, this thing's happening, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, in terms of us having that conversation on one end it was oh I assumed you already knew mm-hmm. and then once you explained to me like no you know you've been busy doing your thing you that sort of you know when that whole thing came about um you didn't know it kind of went over your head or whatever mm-hmm. and then I said you know this goes without saying mm-hmm. but let me just say it in case you haven't heard it in a long time yes Whenever I'm in a room, whenever I'm in an arena, I'm always going to think about how whatever I learn, whoever I meet, can benefit anyone that I'm connected to. Facts. You know what I mean? And that is something that has also allowed our friendship to thrive for as long as it has. Mm -hmm. When you are in a room you don't hesitate to hit me up on the WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. Yo, I just met this person. Yo, I'm going to connect you with that person. You don't hesitate in that arena. And so for me, I'm just going to keep that same energy. And that was the thing that I thought didn't need to be said. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I know we're starting the pod. I know there's going to be a potential of da-da-da. And then I started talking about leveraging our our presence, right? Mm -hmm. Which I think is so important in this day and age where if you can be at a meeting in LA while I'm at a meeting in New York true but we can come together and and bring the resources together because of our busy schedules and because of like resources like you know money time whatever the case may be I'm like yo that's a win true. like whenever because even with working with CrossFit House Productions and stuff like that whenever there's like a WhatsApp conversation that I a WhatsApp group that I don't need to be a part of, mm-hmm. but I know the conversations are happening, or maybe I'm a part of that group, but I'm not even saying anything in the messaging because I'm not looking after that part of the business. Mm-hmm. That's like a relief for me. Yeah. Because I'm just like, yo, okay, I know it's getting done. Exactly. I don't need to really be there. So that was where I was coming from. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, don't kill yourself with this out of the FOMO thing, right? Because... Sure what I said to you too is that FOMO thing. And I relate to that as well. Like 100% I've been there so many times, but FOMO will make you lose focus of what you have going on. Mm -hmm. FOMO will make you spend money that is not necessary. Go broke. Right. (laughs) FOMO will have you broke sometimes. Real talk. And it's another form of distraction. Exactly. Right. It's another form of, dividing and conquering yeah right so but again all that to say is we had that conversation and we were said we we said like yo we need to talk about this yeah like for people to hear because it's a real thing and because it could have easily turned into 
you feeling some type of way, mm-hmm. not knowing where I was coming from, um, and then just creating a distance. You know yep. what I mean? That wouldn't have been warranted because if three months go by and we're not really talking, what's wrong? What's the beef? What happened? Exactly. Oh, you were feeling some type of way about that, but no, because da da da. And it's like, oh, yeah. Had like, we why had didn't that, you say anything? right? You know? And I'm yes. just like, nah, we're too old for that. And you and I are so like. <laughs> opinionated and vocal on so many different things um when we have conversations so we would be doing our friendship a disservice if we all of a sudden didn't know how to talk up very you know what i mean very very true so the audience would like to know who we are yeah because they know us as IBD. I, it's so crazy. So many people, when they see us together, whenever I do a post on my Instagram, and I'm sure you get this too, somebody will be like, IBD, IBD. I'm like, wow, this... That name really <laughs> this, stuck. That name really stuck. You know what's crazy? I actually found a business card a few days ago. Yo, I probably have like a whole box full. Yeah. Our business card was actually like a black card. Yeah, that was lit at that time. Like, we had our own black card. Like, we were super lit. <laughs> and you know how, so the numbers had to be, like, you know, to mimic a credit card. It was, like, our birthdays were, like, yo, we need more numbers. Okay, your birthday plus my birthday. You know, what day did we start? The yes. business is, like, hella numbers. But why is it at the back, though, they had the strip for the signature? So my Yo, Yo, creativity. Listen. Creativity. No one can tell us anything <laughs> yep, at that time. And it, and it got so much attention. Yeah, it did. But yeah, like, it's like people see our pictures together and they'll be like, Yo, IBD, IBD. But it's, um, it's still very interesting that, like I said, people will ask how we remain friends and so forth. And we, re- we already established that. But a lot of people still want to know who we are because... Mm-hmm. Although I'm very candid on social media and so forth, there's still certain things that people don't necessarily know about me or what I do mm-hmm. and even about you. Like, yeah. you've been on stage, you've done commercials, which I'm super proud of. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. that, I'm that fan. <laughs> so it's like, I'm sure people want to know more about us. So who is Sharona Osborne? Well... Yeah, as you said, I am an actress. I am a writer and director. And my quote-unquote day job is uh, a costume buyer for film and television. So I've been working for the union, the film union, IATSE, here in Toronto for the past, I want to say, like eight years. Um, it's been a minute as a costume buyer and um, uh, a wardrobe assistant on set. Mm-hmm. So basically that means, I always, the quick way for me to describe that when people are like, what is that? I basically say I'm dressing actors when I'm not the actor. Um, so everything from, you know, pre-production, which is stuff like doing the shopping for the characters um, based on the breakdown of the script, to actually taking care of the actors while they're on set, mm-hmm. um, dressing and that sort of thing. And 
yeah, to me, that is my side hustle. Mm -hmm. And acting is my main thing. So I'm a full-time actress. My side hustle is just the thing that um, puts puts regular money in my pocket, right? As I am on this journey as an actress. And, you know, I feel really blessed that... It's interesting because, you know, when you think about where God places you for years when I was younger, you know, thinking about being an actress and da da da, the thought was the only way to do this is to move to LA with my last hundred dollars and become a waitress and da da da. And you just know that sort of story, right? Yep. But I was like, nah, that's actually not my journey. Exactly. I'm here working in my industry just on the other side of the camera. Yep. And in your city. Yeah, yeah, you know, and here in Toronto, we are known as, you know, Hollywood North. And, mm-hmm. and just having that sort of inside scoop, I know how many things are filmed here. All the, like, big budget films and TV shows are filmed here. And so I'm constantly in that environment on those sets. I am like a fly on the wall at work. Mm-hmm. I will hitch up by the director's chair. I will hitch up by the sound text, ask questions. You know what I mean? And at first, I was just like so eager to... When I first started in costumes, I was so eager to just be the actress, be the actress, be the actress. But now it's like... I love being behind the scenes as well because now that I'm into directing and producing and that kind of thing, I'm like, okay, like, oh, so it's that type of equipment. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the software that I would need. And I start to see, like, as we're on this journey, which what this podcast is about, just kind of like um, documenting the journey as Mm -hmm. we go, Mm -hmm. it's like I'm... I'm like, okay, God, I see you. I see what you did there. Like, you know, you have me on this set and that set. And so that environment is very comfortable for me. And when I have conversations with other actors, a lot of them don't know all of the things that I know. Exactly. Because they have no idea of what the conversations are like you know, behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. they are just paid to show up, know their lines, know their blocking and do their thing. Yes. So that's me. Um, I remember you putting on your Instagram not too long ago, but you were figuring out, you know, what your title was Mm -hmm. because you are so many things. And I am like that as well. Mm -hmm. So... I like to refer to myself as a creative producer yes, because I am the producer of creativity. So whether I am writing, whether I am directing, whether I'm acting, whether I'm modeling, um, these are all the things that encompass who I am. Facts. Um, so yeah, that's me. Who is you? Who is me? Who is me? (laughs) And to add, by the way, in regards to, um, even this podcast and so forth, it's just, even um, when, when we were trying to figure out the whole podcasting and so forth, Sharona was the one to figure out the whole equipment thing because <laughs> really and truly my brain can't handle that. Like, it's just, it's just way too much. I'm just like, let's, if you need help with the creativity, cool. But in regards to the mic and all the other technical stuff, my brain can't do that. So shout out to you for coming with the equipment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the right equipment for that. Mm-hmm. But who is me? So, um, yes. 
So my name is Janelle McCoy, not Danielle, but Janelle. So not Janelle. Not Janelle. Why is it so hard for people to say your name? And as soon as I say Danielle with a J, they're like, "Yes!" I'm like, "All right." So more or less, I had actually had somebody ask me. It was like, "Where is your name from?" And my name is actually French. So my mom didn't have a Jean-Yel. name for me. Janielle. Yes, only French people can say my name properly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my mom didn't have a name for me for a really long time. I think for like two days, I was basically nameless. And then... <laughs> baby. <laughs> just, just a baby. Girl pick me. Baby, a girl pick me. <laughs> so yes, a nurse walks in and asks my mother um, uh, who what my, my name was. My mom said I didn't have a name. The nurse was just like, yeah, you know, um, I have a daughter, sorry, I have a niece who was born in Paris, and yeah, we named her, um, the mother named her Janelle. My mom was just like, oh, really? She's like, yeah, I'm going to give you the name to you. My mom took that name down, and that was it. So, Janelle McCoy is my name. Um, I call myself a fashion producer, and shout out to Adila. Mm-hmm. who came up with that name because Addie yes hey, Addie. Addie who I love so much she is the one that came up with that because for the longest while I'm like I do so many different things and I felt that I needed this title and she was just like you're just a fashion producer you produce everything in fashion whether it be what you wear or what you display so like we were saying before I started off as a wardrobe stylist and then in like 2009, I just, dis- well, 2013, I decided to go into the world of visual merchandising and visual display. But as I was in college, uh, many of you know my story. If not, I was diagnosed with a learning difference, which is dyslexia. I call it a learning difference um, other than a learning disability, because when people say disability, it feels like you cannot do something. Mm. And I totally scratched that name out. It's my personal preference. Doesn't mean that the word disability is wrong. Just for me, I like calling it difference. But um, yeah, when I was at George Brown in 2007, I was diagnosed with um, dyslexia. Um, And since then, I, um, or while I was there, I was um, diagnosed and basically received the tools to help me. So writing colored pens and um, listening to instrumentals and so forth. Keep in mind, before my diagnosis, I failed that that so-called school, Seneca College, four times. And mm. um, no disrespect to Seneca College or anything of that nature, but at the end of the day, I just wasn't diagnosed at that time. But once I was diagnosed, everything was great. And um, I graduated George Brown with A's and B's, was nominated for valedictorian. And then I got an internship at BET Television Network. So you and I were actually in New York at the same time. Yeah, I was um, at the New York Conservatory of Dramatic Arts. Yes. Doing some acting stuff. Yes, which was awesome. That was cool. There we were in New York at the same time (laughs) while I was interning at BET and um, worked and met all the music like anybody in music from diddy 50 cent j cole the list goes on and then um came back to toronto and got into film and television um this lovely lady by the name of michelle light shout out to her she got me into um the film and television union iotc873 and um got into that world and then i somehow felt this void and I think I talked about it in my um, Instagram post a few days ago where I was just like I was in this battle with 
I love styling. I love just putting clothes on people and really um, having them express who they are. But there was something that was... I felt like there, were, there needed to be more. And I don't know about you, Sharona, but I mean, maybe that was one of the reasons why you decided to go into acting. It was just like you felt that you've done so much in styling and you still needed more. And um, I didn't want to steer away from fashion and the power of Google. I literally was just like online looking at Google. I'm just looking at fashion jobs and so forth. And visual merchandising came into play. And I'm like... I've always knew about it because when you go into stores, you see mannequins mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. forth, but you never really know who does it. And um, I applied as a visual merchandiser. Uh, my friend Lydia, she actually um, gave me the job as a visual merchandiser at Forever 21. Mm-hmm. And within four weeks, I got fired. <laughs> like, flat out got fired. Uh, my mom then, um, a few weeks later, told me about her friend that came into the store. I mean, came into um, her office, my mom's a dental assistant, and um, told her about um, Harry Rosen. And um, my mom was just like, yeah, my daughter is a visual merchandiser. No, I wasn't, but hey. <laughs> yes, mommy, smoke it. <laughs> yeah, she smoke it. She was just like, yeah, my mom, my daughter does that. No, I did styling, but hey, tomato, tomato, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and um, tell this lady about me. The lady contacted me. I sent her my resume. She contacted the visual display person at, um, at Harry Rosen. I um, applied to Harry Rosen as a visual display artist. So somebody that um, specifically deals with mannequins and basically applied with no experience whatsoever. They asked me to tie a tie. I acted like I knew, really didn't know. They asked me to dress a mannequin, did not know. And literally on my birthday, um, he handed me the job, which was awesome. And that's when I knew that I loved visual merchandising, mm. really pushing the whole idea of selling a product on a mannequin in a window or in a store and helping that store generate sales and um worked for holtz worked for Saks after that and got into the world of off-figure styling and this is something that many people ask me what is off-figure styling so off-figure styling is basically creating interest um, to a product without putting it on a mannequin or an actual person so um, that's the world that I'm into now. And um, I'm still I'm in visual merchandising. I work for myself doing a freelance. And I still dib and dab in styling, um, whether it be with the union or styling gigs for myself or for other clients. But I also do motivational speaking because um, I find there's so many creative people that have learning differences. Yeah. Um, like in terms of dyslexia, for instance, Richard Sir Branson, Whoopi Goldberg, Muhammad Ali, the list goes on. Those are the people that have all had dyslexia. And even Steven Spielberg was diagnosed, I think, in like his late 40s with Mm. dyslexia. And for people that don't know what dyslexia is, I basically use one side of my brain more than the other. Um, I'm borderline dyslexic. So when it comes on to reading and writing, I know how to do that. But sometimes my words get jumbled. Sometimes all of a sudden, like I'll be reading and then everything just seems like a blur. Mm. And for the longest while, I thought I needed glasses. Mm. But that wasn't the case. It was just how my brain was trying to code that information. Mm -hmm. So it was more or less using like colored pens, 
highlighting your work, um, listening to instrumentals when you study. Those are the tools that really help myself and um, help you. So, yes, we are going to take a break. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've talked so much, <laughs> given a little story in terms of who we are, and um, we will be right back. Okay, so we are back, and usually this would be a segment um, that we call Male Showcase. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with male strippers. Yes, let's make that very <laughs> That's what it clear. sounds like to me. Yes, let's make that very but, clear. But um, this is where we would answer questions um from people who uh have questions for us or have things that they want us to discuss but because this is episode numero uno yes our first rodeo we just gonna ask our own damn questions Mm -hmm. um but there are some things that i think like people want to know or you know what forget about people real talk there's things that we don't know about each other, yes. right? Like just super like simple, basic things. Exactly, because we know the big <laughs> things, but we don't know the little small things. I know, like you're not just gonna chop me 15 years ago Thanks. and not know <laughs> what flavor ice cream I like. Like, hello. Um, okay, so okay, question number one, Janelle. Mm-hmm. Um. What's your favorite color? Wait, no, let's let's do it like a guessing game. Okay. Okay. Oh my god. So I'm gonna I'm gonna guess yours and you guess mine. Lord Jesus. All right. I guess that your favorite color is. Because you're not gonna get it. Because <laughs> you're not gonna get it. Is. I'll give you a hint. It's nothing what I wear. Okay. <laughs> I think your favorite color is. Because I have two. Raven's egg blue. Raven's egg <laughs> uh, 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 Okay. Listen. Our costume designer. Thank you. A bitch okay. be knowing tones. About raven egg. Are we talking about <laughs> ox blood? Ox blood red. Okay, what oh, do you God. think mine is? Um. I have two as well. Uh. Green? Okay. And blue. <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm looking Why at. Why are you looking around? Why are you looking around? I'm like, oh, yeah, I see blue there. Okay, so yes, one of my favorite colors is green. Yes, that's my main favorite color. Yes. Uh, my second favorite color is orange. Okay. What's yours? Purple and gold. I was gonna say purple, but every time I think of purple, I think of like Barney. And I'm like, nah. But what shade of purple? Like, I like lavender? royal purple. Oh, like, lavender, like a real rich yeah, purple. Okay. purple is the color of royalty. Yes, yes. Yes. And obsessed with gold. Oh, my yeah. Dad, of like, course. Back in the day, I used to have gold rings all over me and <laughs> all over my neck. I like gold, too. So, I'm a gold. Okay. Yes, purple and gold, yeah. for sure. Purple and gold. Okay, cool. All right. All right. Um, next question. What do you have for me? Um, Favorite food? Food, or should I? <laughs> I don't even want to know because you are food. Oh, food. Lord. I'm gonna, I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
Okay, no, you have to. I, guess. I don't even want to guess because you're a foodie, Play and I'm gonna be wrong because you like so game. much. I know. Oh my god, I'm thinking about when we were in Jamaica. Like when to ask a foodie, you have to ask like in the category. Like yes. okay, in cook food, what's your favorite? Yeah, in American I don't food, even know because you love but just so a general much. Thing. Okay, what do you think? What um, do you think is like mac and cheese? Oh my god, you're right. How do you know me? Wait, I was gonna say she's not gonna guess mac and cheese. <laughs> Mac and cheese. Cafeteria mac and cheese. Any type of mac and cheese, you're down for oh it. Oh my god, you're so right. I yeah. like to deem myself as a mac and cheese connoisseur. Yes, mac and I cheese. I am the one who will go to the mac and cheese convention. Yes. I like a good sharp cheddar. Yes. You know, I like a little crisp yes. on the top. And that's the thing, like, I'm a foodie. I love every different type of food. Yeah. But yeah, I love me your, some mac and cheese. I will never forget when we went to cafeteria in New York. Yeah. And you were like, oh my god, with this mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was your thing. Damn. Okay, yeah. what's yours? Okay, your favorite food? And that's hard. That's mad hard. You're mad picky. Extremely. Um, I'm going to say something basic like <laughs> chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy? It is not. The joke is, is that I actually mentioned the, the type of food that I love. Or the, what, my, I want to say my favorite food. It is kind of my favorite. I love tripe and bean. Oh, Shout out to my Jamaicans. Oh my gosh, I forgot this. Well, 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 Yadi. Oh Shout my out to my gosh. Jamaicans. I don't know, like, and there's enough Jamaicans out there that don't love tripe and, tripe and bean. Tripe, for many of the Jamaican listeners, or the non-Jamaican listeners, tripe, tripe is basically intestines. Oh, jeez. But it has to be done in a specific way. So, like, Americans like chitlins. I love tripe, and I will only have it from my mother, or I'll have it in Jamaica. Okay, so here's my question. Can you have the tripe without the beans? Absolutely not. Mm. It has to come together. It has to come together. And, like, who makes tripe without beans? Me, no, no. (laughs) Who makes tripe without beans? And it has to be with, like, the white rice or the rice and beans. So, or rice and beans, a lot of peas, beans and rice or whatever. But yes, that is my oh thing. My but I do gosh. love an Afghan saltfish. That's breakfast. Like, oh, give me yeah. dumplings all the time too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my thing. Yeah, I I love everything um, Jamaican cuisine. Yes. Um. But yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. Next question. I don't know. Okay. Mm. Do you like noodles or rice? What do you choose? Like, if you're at a restaurant. Doing a little takeout, cooking at home, family dinners where all the options are on the table for Christmas. What are you going for first? I'm going for the rice. Mm. Yeah, I'm going for the rice. Noodles are a hit and miss for me. Yeah. Because, and this is, and again, I love tripe and bean. So, like, it's just so weird because there's certain, I love tripe, which is intestines, but there's certain things that I don't like that is, like, too squishy or mushy. Ugh. I don't like my food together too close it's weird but yeah the rice works because sometimes noodles can be too soggy mm. and if it's it's sitting and yeah I'm just, and I'm for funny. me it's like i like when i was younger i was noodles all day yeah like there's this spot in scarborough i don't know if it's still there cinepinos it's Where like is that? Mm, i want to say like is that italian no it's not it's like is that Hakka Chinese? Kinda. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Mar- McCowan and Shepherd area, kind okay. of. Um, but I used to get like their Shanghai noodles, so it'd be like the thick noodles. Yeah, I can't and do the thick all noodles. my friends are like, "Ew, how yeah. do you not get the rice?" But now that I'm older, first of all, I don't eat rice. Period. Like mm-hmm. just on my like, you know, slim waist vibes okay. right now. The summer body, summer body vibes. Yes, but. When I but when I do pick a carb now it's rice mm-hmm. right but like rice and peas yes or like fried rice I do like like yes. Asian style fried rice so now I've transitioned my my palate has matured yes and I like rice okay <laughs> you're the rice girl all right all right so because we're both naturalistas and no I am not a natural Nazi because I know how many people probably think I am but I am not mm-hmm. but straight hair or curly hair okay let's guess what do you think I like Damn. curly okay and I think you like um I think you like curly as well yes I do okay <laughs> so I like straight hair. Since when? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I never have my hair straight because if I buck one piece of sweat, it's over. All of my natural girls know what I'm talking about. But I'm like in shock right now. I know because my hair is always curly. But I love my hair straight. Yeah. It just never lasts for longer than three days. This is true. So... I'm really excited about, like, the sophistication of wigs. Like, because mm-hmm. I do, like, make wigs and da-da-da. And so I feel like if I do want a straight hairstyle, yep. I have to wear a wig. Because my whole thing, when my hair is straight, mm-hmm. I'm not going to the gym to sweat out nothing. But then it's kind of like, I feel some type of way if I'm not working out for like three days or whatever the case so i'm like how do i make this a win-win because i don't want a bunch of heat damage i Mm -hmm. don't blow dry my hair i don't flat iron my hair for joke so i'm like okay wigs come through um with all that said i still don't wear wigs like on the regular Mm -hmm. but if i were to pick like i love how straight hair looks i love my shit to be blowing in the wind Mm -hmm. but then like i'm not gonna lie like i like when i see a lovely rounded you know fro of curls of healthy juicy curls yes you know um shout out to my hairstylist my cousin jessica who i love so much her her um salon is called main allure and it's in mississauga she will actually be the one to give me my first curly haircut ever because every time I go to the hairdresser I get my treatment I get my trim and it's always straight yeah but I'm like Jess like I want my hair to be curly Mm -hmm. but I want like a shape like I have a small forehead but I love bangs so I'm like Jess like cut me some bangs give me a little vibe and then I can like wear my curly hair and like really love it but yeah I actually really love straight hair and can we piggyback on your hair journey Shrona because <laughs> being a my goodness gracious lord what have mm-hmm. I not done Shona Osborne what color have I not had literally done every single color like 
every couple. Keep in mind, just <laughs> for the real ones out there, the ones who know me from like Billy the Kid days. Thanks. Um, I was putting my hair through the most trauma <laughs> in the in the name of fashion and style. Trust me. So that was before the days of dyeing your yep. wigs mm-hmm. where your natural hair is perfectly healthy underneath the wig yep. no boo boo shorty was going from platinum blonde, platinum blonde. to copper orange to, to turquoise blue to purple to jet black yep to bronze to every single color to gray yep. like my real hair yep so and, and like I, every like every few months yeah Not even like every year yeah like yeah oh yeah oh yeah it was a thing <laughs> Um, and then I cut my whole shit off and just grew it back. And then I haven't dyed my hair. I couldn't tell you the last time I dyed my hair. Yep. I honestly don't remember. So it's definitely been over 10 years, like mm. proudly. And so my hair is super healthy now yeah. um, because I do get regular trims and treatments and whatnot. And again, like shout out to the wig community. True. Like because you can live your best life and still maintain your real hair, Very you know? So true. I'm very like on that I love it because if you just want to switch with us with fashion like for me and I've always explained fashion that way to me you know people always say to me like I remember some of the looks you used to pull off back in the day and all types and I'm just like for me fashion is head to toe yes so whenever and it's so interesting like on my Instagram for example I hashtag one of the hashtags that I always use on under all of my posts is hashtag character development. Mm-hmm. And that has just become like my personal hashtag for my life. Mm-hmm. But for me, what that means is like everything that I do, every part of my journey mm-hmm. is like assisting my character development, so mm-hmm. to speak. You know what I mean? Is assisting um, me as an actress, yes. right? So... Even when I was young, you know, 19, 20, 21, dyeing my hair, wearing this outfit, like it would be to the point where I would take on a certain persona. Mm-hmm. If I was dressed like a boy, you know, like a little stud or something, mm-hmm. I kind of took on that persona. Yes. And at that time, I, I just thought it was fun and it was just whatever. But now I'm like, okay, I was like actually developing my characters at that time. So that's how I look at fashion. I look at it from head to toe. Um, Speaking of that, I have one one more question. Um, When you get dressed, do you start from like top to bottom or bottom to top? Oh, Jesus. Like when you're putting together a little fly get up. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, I usually start off with my hair, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, to um, go back to the question in regards to curly or straight. I'm mm. obsessed with curly hair. And mm. I wasn't. Mm. For a very, 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 yeah. very long time. Because when we met, you were like straight, bone straight, short style all day. Clean. Like. That was you, like. Like. What new growth? Uh, bitch, you, where? Uh, that was not an option. <laughs> I permed my hair literally every two weeks. I'm yeah. not even going to lie to you. Yeah. Permed that hair. And it was really bad. Like, I spoke on a panel. Shout out to Simone, my homegirl. I was speaking at her panel a few, was it two months ago? Um, she had a natural hair pattern, um, a natural hair um, panel. And um, when I was on there, I was talking about my natural hair journey. 
I was addicted to that creamy crack. Mm-hmm. Addicted. Like, addicted. I've been perming my hair since I was maybe about seven or eight. Mm. And then when I got to high school, like, my hair was mad long. And then when I got out of high school, I was obsessed with Halle Berry and cut it all off. And had this short little do. But I needed to keep it slick. Mm-hmm. And didn't realize that, yeah, me and Halle Berry have different hair textures. <laughs> like, <laughs> Halle Berry is mixed. I am not. Mm-hmm. So, like, I needed to have my hair straight all the time. So I, I literally cut it all off and kept it short, short, short. And what was my pattern was from going to every three to four months perming it went to like every three to four weeks and then went to every two weeks Mm. and it was bad to the point where i would literally perm my hair keep it on the burns that i would get Mm. were insane shout out to everybody who was on that creamy crack and that had it slick even the people that are still on the creamy crack because we know those burns it's like this tingling hot sensation and i would have the perm in my hair and would brush the perm in my hair to keep it down and then when i go into the shower i would keep some of that perm in to and slick it down yeah crazy and then come out the shower have my hair slicked down to where i wanted it put a head tie on and keep that head and eye on to the next day. It is, it's, it's so psychological. Because we are just, as black women, we're so accustomed to having this slick hair because we feel like it's professional and so forth. And I work in an industry which is predominantly white. And we just felt like that was the only way to get accept, um, accepted, which is totally not the case. So 20, what was it, two I was 27 or 28 and I saw a picture of Solange. She cut off all her hair and had this curly little, yeah, little fro. Yeah. And my mom looked at me and she was just like, you'd never cut off your hair like that. Because my mom's been natural for years. And I was just like, mm, never know. I watched good hair. And I uh, watched it. I'm like, this is, this is BS. <laughs> like, this is BS, please. Whatever. Watched it again and it changed my life. And that day after I watched Good Hair, I just cut off all my hair. Like went to the hairdresser and started cutting off all my hair, and then dyed it like this blonde brown. Yes, and I remember that. I love that hairstyle. Yes, hairstyle. I, I dyed love it that, that hairstyle. Blonde brown, and I was just like, all right. Yeah, then that my was curl cute. pattern started to come in. I'm just like, this is beautiful. Yeah, this is really nice. And around that time, my gray started to come in, and I was dying, dying, dying it black, dying it black, dying it black. And then about three years ago, three four years ago, I was just like. Dying thing is just too much. Mm. Let me just embrace my natural hair. And um, I went to a natural hair um, a natural hair um, event. Um, one of my hairstylists who does like my faux locks. Her name is Glenna. And she had this event. Went there. There was a scalpologist on there. And she was, was like, um, in terms of using like natural hair, all in terms of using natural products, all you really need is glycerin and rose water. Yes. Because most products have glycerin in it. Yes. And that keeps the moisture. Yeah. And rose water is just good for everything. Yeah. And that has been my regime. 
from mm-hmm. then. So that's all I pretty much use in my hair. I've pretty much been natural yeah. fully for about three and a half years with no like dyes or anything of that nature and just letting my hair go free. Right now it's in shiny bumps and it's been like that for the past maybe. Or Bantus. Chiny bumps for the OGs. Yes, Chiny bumps. Bantus for the, for the newbies. Yes, <laughs> Chiny bumps for the OGs. But yes, I've been rocking the Bantu Chiny bumps for like three months <sighs> and so forth. But yeah, my if my hair is not right and my eyebrows are not right, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling right. So yeah, it's usually from, I usually go from head to toe. Yeah. Like and I'm the opposite. I, when I'm putting together an outfit, I start with my shoes always. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's me always. I always start. That's so interesting yeah. that we're like completely opposite. I start with my shoe mm-hmm. and I just work around it. So for me, you know, I'm definitely a shoe girl. Like mm-hmm. if I had to pick, like I will wear the same accessories yep. over and over and over. Absolutely. And you know, I have like a hundred pairs of jeans, but I probably wear like four mm-hmm. all the time. Um, but shoes have always been like my thing. So I yes. always start with like a bomb shoe and then I kind of like work my way up. But when I look at men, I look at them from the sh- from down up. Mm. <laughs> That's just, just wild. Shoes is, mm-hmm. shoes is I know, yeah, me too, actually. Yeah. When I look at men or women. Mm-hmm. Um, Very true. I... I look at from the bottom up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, last question, Sharona Osborne. Actually, you know what? Before I get into that, and I think I've asked you this before, do you prefer the name or the title actor or actress? Because I always, <clears throat> I'm, I always wonder, mm-hmm. like, because we're on this, women yeah. I'm not using women empowerment <laughs> your, your favorite term I am not using that word because I hate that word but you know we're on this woman movement yes and we're all equal and I know the like some women like to use the word actress or actor so what do you like what what is you what do you prefer your title to be to be honest with you like I, you can refer to me as either. Like, if somebody mm-hmm. were to be like, Shrona the actor, mm-hmm. it's not like, I'm not going to be like, <clears throat> you mean actress. Yeah. Like, I know that I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm secure in my womanhood. I don't look at that as disrespectful per se. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know? So, I'm good with either or, to be honest. Like, okay. I think, you know, because I'm trying to think. Like, I when I say what I do, I usually say I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly say I'm an actress. Yeah. Which is just, you know. True. I'm good. Okay. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. So why acting? <laughs> why acting, girl? You know what? Um, you mentioned earlier that for you, it, you were kind of looking for more mm-hmm. out of styling, mm-hmm. which allowed you to venture in other directions. Um... But for me, that's not it. Mm-hmm. I was never looking for more. I always knew that acting was my thing. Okay. I think for me, I didn't know how to navigate the world of of entertainment as far as being an actor mm-hmm. when I was younger. So when I finished high school, you know, 
coming up in a Caribbean household or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the thing is, oh, you're done high school, you're going to college or university. Facts. Plain and simple. So me, mind you, this is not to say like my parents were, I have, my parents are amazing and mm-hmm. they're so, so supportive. But at the time, I didn't know how to study acting yes. in college or university. So in my mind, I was just like, I don't know if I can take that kind of course. So let me just follow my other passion, which mm-hmm. was fashion. Mm-hmm. Hence me going into fashion business, fashion merchandising. Mm-hmm. But ever since I was young, I was always like the little entertainer of the family. Okay. You know, and it, it was, and then as I grew, you know, so in high school, me and my friend Chrissy, we were always like, the token black girls in every school play, every musical, going mm-hmm. to music theater class, drama class, all of that type of stuff. Um, when I left high school, when I got into college, still not knowing how to navigate the acting world, I just did not know how to become an actor. I didn't mm-hmm. know how to have, get an agent. I thought I needed a particular amount of experience before I even approached an agent. Mm-hmm. Um but I always knew that I was interested. Mm-hmm. And so while we were at George Brown, that's when I started to look into acting classes. And I went to places like Armstrong Acting Studios and later um, Louis Bowmonder Acting Studios and these sort of like prominent studios in the city to study the craft. Yes. But still not having an agent, you know, I was googling independent projects that I could be a part of Mm -hmm. just still just really feeling on my own I wasn't a part of like any acting community of people in the city I just didn't know anybody in that field Mm -hmm. but I knew that I wanted it so then when I got into IATSE with costumes Mm -hmm. I was like okay I'm not the actor Mm -hmm. but I'm closer in terms of like I'm in the environment now exactly so no I'm not the actor but I'm dressing actors I'm amongst directors I'm Mm -hmm. amongst producers still not knowing yes and then after you know continuing my studies and whatnot I was like you know what I want an agent like let me you know and even while we were doing our styling thing it was like this is great for me this is cool But I know this is not it. Mm -hmm. Like I knew that that bug, that pull, that tug on my spirit that was like, nah, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to act. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was always like pulling at me. In front of the camera. Yeah. Sure. And it's so interesting because like I said earlier, I wanted so badly to be in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. But now I see um, the power and the options and... um, the the um the range mm-hmm. in terms of opportunity behind the camera now yeah right so it's kind of like I've come full circle like I love being in front of the camera yep. but I'm very much going to be the actor who is trying to be a producer on every project that I'm a part of yeah because I want to be the person who does my scene and runs back to watch the playback to be like, oh, did I like that? Did I not like that? You know what I mean? And I'm just like, listen, I say to my people almost every day, like, I wish I could find the brand FUBU again because I'm all about this for us, by Mm -hmm. us. Like, real talk. You know what I mean? That's just really my thing right now. And the more 
title like it just blesses my soul when i watch a jordan peele film and i see something you know jordan peele writer producer director Mm -hmm. like give me all the checks give me all the credentials like i'm out here collecting all the bags that's just like my mood you know what i mean so so yeah that's why acting so it was always just like a tug on my spirit i just knew that that's where i need to be and though i'm you know, I haven't gotten that quote unquote big break yet. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm so happy that we are in a time where doing things independently is celebrated. True. You love, love the Denzels and love the Halle Berry's and love the Angela Bassett's, but you don't need to be them in order to get noticed anymore. This is so You know what true. I mean? And I'm on set and I'm watching big Hollywood directors film scenes with their iPhones. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, no, I don't need to have all the equipment and all the da-da-da-da-da. I just need to, like, have the will to do it. Very true. Funny story. I actually... <laughs> oh, my God. I'm there. I'm, like, listening to you, and I'm just like, wow. I don't think she knows this. When I was in grade 11, I actually did a monologue. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay, solo. <laughs> and I had to pretend that I was in a mental institution. Mm. Yes. And I was in a straight jacket. Wow. So I, I didn't have a straight jacket. So I actually had to pretend that I was. So I got my sweater. Did you use your sweater and tie it and tie the arms? <laughs> I feel you. Tied it behind my back. Yes. And it got a standing ovation. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shout out to Miss Paula Laurie and McGivney. Yes. I did so well. And she took a picture of me. I still have that picture to this day. Good for you. Yes. I was like, yeah, this is not my thing. I I had to go deep within my soul and pretend that I was that person. But I was like, yeah, acting is definitely... I was a good liar back in the day, but that's that's, that's, that's why I can tell stories. And that's the funny thing. Like, whenever me and you talk, you're always just like, yo, I don't trust you actors. mm -mm. Y'all just be lying. Mm -mm. And I'm just like, no. I don't trust them. Nope, 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 nope. I'm like, I always tell Sharon, I'm just like, are you faking our friendship? Like, because you're a good actress. Have I been in character for the past yeah, 15 you, you've years? you've been in character. You're a good actor. You've nah. been in character for the past 15 years. Nah. But, yeah. I will add one more thing before I ask you the same question. Um, I think a part of one of the main reasons that also has drawn me to this particular art form is the storytelling aspect. Mm-hmm. I consider myself to be a huge, you know, empath in, in terms of, like, being able to feel people, feel mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. amongst my friends and family. I am the person that people kind of just dump their stuff on, mm-hmm. you know, like talk to me about their life, their yes. experience, that type of thing. And I love that. I love being a person who you can come to. Um, so for me, it's like I use all of that and I'm like, okay, this is going to, be useful in my art and I want to like tell the stories even if they're not my own stories Mm -hmm. so when it comes to like watching film and watching tv I look at good storytelling I look at actors as like wow like I really believed you right there Mm -hmm. like oh you brought me on that ride you know and I'm always just like my goal as an artist is to make people feel that way true like forget about Sharona Osbourne and just see like the life that I'm presenting to you 
whether it be on the stage or on on film. So True. that's like my overall goal as as an actor. Actor. Yeah, but yeah. But what about you? Like, why off figure in particular? Jeez oh, Louise. Um, well, with off figure, see, the thing about it is, is that I do off figure, and I also very, the last few months, I've been very passionate about motivational speaking. Mm-hmm. And I've always kind of been passionate about that. But um, in terms of off figure styling, um, I felt in 2012 or 13, I cannot remember, like I said before, I felt this void and I felt that I needed to do more. And when I got into the world of visual merchandising, it just was, it just hit me. Like, I love the fact of having my work displayed either in a window or in a store and having a customer come and say, you know what, I want that whole outfit. It's extremely gratifying for me. Mm -hmm. And I felt in the styling industry and... Like I said, with this podcast, we're very authentic, very real. People know me as just being very candid. I find people look as look to us as stylists and think that styling is always amazing. The glitz, the glam, you're meeting all these different people, you're traveling and so forth. It's also very taxing as well. It can take a toll on your body. You're dealing with all these type of energies and different people And for me, it was, I was in this battle where I just didn't love it anymore. I think the people Mm. more or less made me fall out of love with it. And no specific person in general, but just overall. Like I just wasn't, it just wasn't fun Mm. anymore. I was just like, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. And I'm dealing with all these type of people. I just like need more. So the visual merchandising aspect was just amazing for me and um in retail we know with all these different companies that are not doing as well and so forth and i've worked for so many different um huge companies in canada and i felt that there has to be i looked in magazines and i'm like what is this where you're seeing all these advertisements and so forth with people displaying their products but not in the store and i'm like there's there's a word for this and i realized it was off-figure styling the power of google you go online and the word off-figure styling is basically you're creating interest without putting it on a person or a mannequin and i pretty much did that when i was a visual merchandiser like when you display a product on a table it's not on a mannequin or on a person you're displaying it in a specific way and with all the training that I had and so forth I felt that I was so much bigger than doing it at a store so um I got into that field and really loved it and um a few well what 2017 I was supposed to move away that didn't end up happening and I had to figure out what my next move was and the whole um, visual merchandising, freelancing, and off-figure styling gig really came into play for me. And really pushing myself out there in terms of not just working at one store or not just working with just mannequins, but I wanted to be this multifaceted um, off-figure styling. So right now I style anything from clothing 
to greeting cards to cosmetics cosmetics like there's so many different avenues in off-figure or visual merchandising and it's it's like it's like i'm a kid in a candy store i'm just like you never know um about a specific industry until you do research and that's what i've realized so um that's pretty much been my journey there i have a question for you sure not to cut you off have you ever considered getting into food styling that's something that i'm thinking about funny you should say because my mom is an amazing cook and She's always wanted to open up a store, but she's just like, she's just like, I don't have the time, this, that, and the third, da, 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 da. it's too much money, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. But she's always kind of displaying her stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, I know how to display it in yeah, a yeah, yeah. way. So I'm thinking that around those lines yeah. in terms of getting into food styling. Two funny. things. Cause it's funny when you say your mom's a great cook, because even with me, like, as I was growing up and learning how to cook and mm-hmm. like I love to cook I'm always cooking mm-hmm. um but presentation is everything for me because that was something like that my mom would teach me yes. like if she ever saw me giving you wine in the wrong glass yep. or ever saw me presenting a plate of food where there was like some gravy drizzle on the side yep. it's like nah Unless that was intentional, nope. It's You're true. not giving people that. And so, like, growing up, presentation was everything for it's me huge. when it came to even how I ate. And it just reminded me, like, I was filming a commercial in mm-hmm. the past, and um, it was a sandwich commercial, and there they had, like, the yes. person there yep. who his, his sole job was to make sure this... Mm-hmm. this sandwich just looked yep. so scrumptious. Yep. He like folded the meat perfectly. The the bread had to be tilted in a certain yep. way. And then you have to keep the continuity of that. Because exactly. every time my ass would pick it up, he had to put it back he in the same spot. Trust me. So, I know. Yeah. That's the food that, And they teach that, actually, at George Brown, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Yeah, it's a very, it's very intricate and so on and yeah that's something that um in the long in long term i'm thinking about getting into but yeah i'm just owning and on the owning and on the craft of off figure yeah. and even visual merchandising because i love styling mannequins like yeah. i love mannequin styling and so forth and um in, ter- in terms of motivational speaking i mean people always ask me what is dyslexia how like when i came out and said i was dyslexic a few years ago people were just like how like they didn't make they yeah. just they couldn't figure and it out. And the truth of the matter is, people associate um, learning differences, or if we want to use the term disabilities mm-hmm. for other things. Yes, they associate those things with a particular look. Exactly. So people will say, "Well, you don't look like you have anything oh, going on." Yep. Like, what does that even mean? Exactly, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It does not mean anything because when you look at somebody who was deaf. You don't know that they are deaf until they speak to you. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, okay, yeah. But when, like, even with mental illness, yeah, like, that's a huge thing. Well, you don't look like you have a mental, like, you don't look like you uh, yeah, yeah. have mental illness. What does what, that even exactly. mean? Exactly. Yeah. And that's totally different. Like, it's totally not the case. At the end of the day, everybody is different. Everybody learns differently. 
and there is no such thing as normal. Yeah. That's something I really try to push on society. That the whole normal word is like totally out. It's not even in vocabulary yeah. anymore. Yeah. So one of my main focuses is really um, pushing the whole idea of learning differences. Not necessarily dyslexia, but just learning differently and how to make clothing really speak for itself or for yourself because for the longest while I was afraid to speak to people Mm. because I was afraid of how they would see me or before my diagnosis even just putting certain words together in my head was Mm -hmm. very difficult Mm -hmm. so I'm like all right I'll make clothing be the conversation Mm -hmm. starter and that is so interesting because Mm -hmm. I was on the same vibe too Mm -hmm. when I was younger Mm -hmm. in terms of part of the reason I was so loud with my fashion was because I did not like to speak to people. Exactly. And I had to like push myself, thrust myself out Mm -hmm. of that comfort zone. But it's so interesting that you say that because um, me knowing you, Mm -hmm. I always, one of the first ways that I describe you to people or just in my head as well is just you're very good at, um, networking yeah. and talking to people and you're able to you know just vibe instantly mm-hmm. you know whereas me it's not my first instinct to start the conversation mm-hmm. so that's where fashion was that sort of like hello for me yeah right but it's like when you say it was that thing for you as well and the reason was because you were afraid of how your conversation would sound or how it would come out of you. Whereas me, I didn't have that fear, Mm -hmm. but my fear overall was, um, I don't know how to start the conversation. Once the conversation is started, I can flow and it's not a problem. So that's so interesting because we were both using fashion for like a similar reason, Mm -hmm. but, 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 different at the same time exactly and let's be honest appearance is everything the first thing people see is how you look and so forth and my whole mission um in regards to learning differences or just differences in general is to use fashion let fashion or clothing speak for yourself when you are afraid to do so because like you said when you were shy and so for you didn't want to speak to people it doesn't necessarily mean that you had a learning difference it's just because you just weren't comfortable speaking with people there's so many people that dm me and say you know what um i love the fact that you use fashion as a way to express yourself because i have a hard time doing that and that's pretty much my focus and my um my whole brand is using fashion as that gateway whether you have a learned disability or difference or not just using fashion as that focus so yeah cool well like after 15 years i've learned new things indeed isn't that interesting (laughs) that's why like open conversation and dialogue is actually so important like we talk about everything under the sun but we don't really talk about like us like us in terms of like getting to know each other that's so fascinating to me yes and Um, all thanks to a podcast yeah right (laughs) um but yeah i think i think what this is all about for us you know even um an explanation of the reason why we call it behind the stage is um, just allowing people to see us from a different view, from a different perspective that they're not particularly used to. Mm -hmm. And um, 
yeah, just how we feel. This is about us. It's just like an outlet for us. You know what I mean? Because we have so many opinions on so many different things. Like I said earlier, you know, we're millennial women. Mm -hmm. We are um, navigating through our careers. We're both single at this time. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole thing in itself. And um, we'll definitely explore more things on that too, and just yes. and and just what the world is looking like. Mm-hmm. Um, Even highlighting certain individuals who are doing amazing things in the oh, city. Oh yeah, that's which really is important. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people don't really show love, unfortunately, until somebody passes. We don't give credit or um, give their roses when they're. And they're While still they're able here. to smell, to smell yeah. them. So we really want to shed light on the people that have the visibility and the people that don't. Because yeah. there's a lot of amazing talent in the city. Yeah. And I'm just so, overall. So excited about like just the influx of like creatives and people who are just stepping out on their gifts you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. allowing their gifts to make room for them and I think that's what encourages me so much about being an artist right now too where it's like there's no wrong way to do you exactly that's just something that I've kind of like coined in my head like there's no wrong way to do you yeah you know like just do you do your thing and so I'm excited for us to like learn about people, mm-hmm. highlight them, like you said, give them their roses. Um, yeah. So this is a segment that we call Off Figure, where we're creating interest to our industry. As many of you guys know, and like I said before, I am an off figure stylist and visual merchandiser. And the one thing that I have as a tip in this industry is being very detail oriented. Mm. Um, when I first started this industry, I didn't really understand or my version of being detail oriented was totally off the ball um, until I was working for luxury retail and I saw how they fold garments in a specific way, how they finger space, they're hanging how they steam everything. I used to think that they're just wasting time <laughs> because at the end of the day, a customer is just going to come in and pretty much ruin everything. <laughs> or if you're taking a picture um, as an off-figure stylist, a photographer comes in, takes a picture and so forth. I didn't think that all those little wrinkles or those pins would show and it actually does. So um, being very detail-oriented is a huge, huge, huge factor in visual merchandising or in off-figure styling or more or less in any type of styling that you're in. Now, fun fact, um, people ask me if I bring my work to my home, meaning do I have the, (laughs) is my closet all like organized? Is my drawers are organized and folded? And that is totally not the case Mm -hmm. by no means. I don't fold anything at home. I hardly hang anything at home. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm not getting paid. I don't get it. <laughs> but, oh my god! But um, yeah, I don't bring that at home at all. And but, you know what's so funny? Not to cut you off, but like, I'm the total opposite. Like I am that. This is true. <laughs> I am that customer that you would be annoyed of. Re- like regardless of my many years in retail, I mm-hmm. should know better and I should be doing better. But 
I don't. Yeah, y'all um, are the ones that drive me nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the amount of times I'll be working and somebody will come and just go through the racks, see something fall on the floor, and then yeah. walk away. I'm like, okay, I, I'm well, you guilty. know. Mm-hmm. But my closets at home are very organized. Yes. And if you see Sharona's <laughs> closets and her shoes, like you will understand. It is very, very, very organized. That is so interesting. Me, not the case. Everything is on the floor, on a shelf. Like it's just crazy. But if you're in this industry, especially if you're taking photographs or you have a photographer that's taking the photograph, you have to make sure that all the angles are meticulous pins are hidden the creases uh there's no creases i should say um steaming is done those things really matter detail is definitely everything and that would be my tip for Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. thank you for that yes so i guess this is it we're Mm -hmm. officially at the end of episode one episode one did it yes yes thank you to everyone who is listening yes shout out to y'all yeah um and in the words of nina simone i'm gonna end with this quote that i've just been thinking about lately i'll tell you what freedom is to me no fear and we're done see you guys Used to be, we would be the best of all friends. It turned to be L O V E, I was your man. So you was my lady friend. We spent time, found a way to be by your side. The ends and outs, the wrongs and rights. After a while, I'm being settled down. I didn't know how to keep the love, cause I was young. I wish I knew then what I know now. I wouldn't let you go. I swear I would have made this love grow. Spent a lot of time and a lot of dough.